0: Welcome to yet another week Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. I'm LDR, and today we have a special guest, one of my colleagues at World Vision, Carol Danner. Now, whether you are new to the team or a vet, Carol shares some of her story on how she became involved with World Vision and her time in this ministry that has evolved over the last 15 years. You heard that right, 15 years. She has been all over the map within World Vision. And you know that phrase under the hood, like when we talk about the inner workings of a car and all of its complexities? Well, we know that World Vision's work in the field, where we're implementing our water work and setting up large scale sustainable solutions, we know that that is highly complicated. Today, Carol gives us a peek under the hood, per se, of what we call our support offices, or sometimes referred to as fundraising offices. These offices too are wildly complicated, and Carol can speak to those complexities while seeing the intricacies of God's hand in all of the moving pieces. This conversation will inspire you, and I really hope that it brings you so much joy. So listen in and enjoy hearing all the wisdom and the words of Carol Danner. Carol, we're so excited to have you beyond the walls today with Team World Vision. How are you? I am doing fine, thank you, and I'm super excited to be on here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, we are thrilled. My friends, if you uh, are moving your feet right now and you're thinking, who in the world is Carol Danner? Well, watch out. She is the queen, Carol the Queen Danner. She has been with World Vision for 15 years. Yes. And I know um, that God is about to use you to rock our worlds today. Uh-huh. Um, so again, we're just, we're so thankful to have you, Carol. And I mean, 15 years, how, when you hear those words, how does that make you feel? What does that make you think? Wow. I think
1: it just seemed like yesterday. It seemed like yesterday that somebody talked to me about World Vision and invited me to apply and I remember being in the room with the recruiter.
0: Mm.
1: I remember the positions she talked about. I mean, everything is so vivid. And I just remember my first day. Mm-hmm. And it seems like yesterday. It's been a fantastic experience, a
0: wonderful journey. Oh, so what sparked in your heart that, that really started the flame to burn so, so long here mm. with World Vision? Well, um, it started actually. I'm going back to the beginning
1: with my husband. My husband, who's a pastor in Seattle, he um, volunteered at World Vision um, with their youth pastors. They had a program where um, they supported youth pastors, and he was the mentor for those youth pastors. I would go to meetings with him, and then tag along to other meetings, and there would be World Vision staff there, and they talked to me, and um, you know, just asked me questions and. To be honest, when I first heard about World Vision, I didn't know what they did. I said, Oh, cool, I can get some cool glasses. <laughs> I thought it was a glass company. And my husband explained who World Vision there is no. and what they do. And I said, Okay, <laughs> okay. And so um, the more I learned about the work of World Vision, the more I wanted to be a part. And um, Mm. as I said, I volunteered at a lot of events and um, one particular person said, you know, you've got some gifts that we could use at World Vision. Mm. And he encouraged me to apply and I did. And um, when I started at World Vision, I didn't know the depth and the gravity of what World Vision does. I didn't Mm. know. Mm -hmm. I knew about child sponsorship, um, but there was so much more to learn. And the more I learnt, the more I wanted to learn, the more mm. I wanted to get involved, and the more I wanted to tell people about the work of World Vision. And I just, I just love the focus on children and mm. communities and really giving them a chance at life. So that yes. is what really you know, drives me, just being able to you know, connect a church with a community mm.
0: and children's lives are changed forever. It is wild to think all to think like you're saying about the scope of World Vision's work. And a lot of our folks that are moving their feet right now are just starting to train for Chicago Marathon and Twin Cities and others are close to the finish line in Seattle. Woo woo yep. up where you live. <laughs> yeah. Guys, Carol crushed her seven day six K marathon last year. Thank just saying, you. shout out to Carol. Yes. Thank so you. You did, girl. You just powered through a really hard season last year. So, you know where people are. They're just, they're within this last month. They're within a couple weeks um, of this finish line. Um, So, when you're talking about world vision and the gravity of the work and the scope um, of what's happening, you know, like you said, we kind of know this idea of Mm -hmm. child sponsorship or that we're doing good water work. Um, But could you even kind of just expound upon that a little bit more? So, as people are moving their feet, they really, they really can sit in why they're moving their feet. What are they actually contributing to?
1: Right, right. Well, you know, I kind of dig into the sectors. There's Mm -hmm. different areas that we focus on. Water, as you know, wash, um, water, sanitation, hygiene. Um, We focus in on, you know, child and maternal health. Uh, We focus on food security, economics. There's so many areas. And so I talk to people about that. It's not just, you know, you're donating for um, one month and that's it. There's more to it. We pool our funds so that we can do more work and more holistic work Um, so i talk about you know particularly the community that i visited in peru for many years and just you know the development that came with the support of the church you know children were able to go to school and learn they were able to get health care medicine they were able to uh, facilitate health clinics in the community so that people didn't have to go out and find you know glasses just your basic needs glasses and things like that Te- have your teeth done um, and you know they worked with the school teachers to help the teachers um, build capacity so they could you know expand their knowledge on how to interact with children how to get them to be the best in the classroom um, and so I talk about all of those areas um, mm-hmm. as it relates to child sponsorship it's more than just a monthly donation Mm. it's education it's food it's healthcare, it's also the community impact Mm -hmm. and the impact on four additional children when you sponsor one um and so yeah that's what I talk about and also we we you know we train the pastors we um we build capacity with the pastors locally we don't go in and um um you know uh, there's no expectation there's no expectation on our giving, on our support, but we talk to the pastors, we train the pastors, build capacity in different areas so that they can go and serve their community. Um, it's, so it's, it's a lot.
0: It's so powerful to me. Um, a few years ago, I was actually sitting in a, a room full of pastors here in the Pasadena area. And it was all pastors that were passionate about Pasadena and yes. really investing into the community holistically and we got to hear from the school superintendent we got to hear from the police chief you know mm-hmm. we we got to hear from all these different community yeah. branches and organizations cuz pastors wanted to know how they could be involved right, right. with really strengthening our local community yes. and then they you know they let me share to talk about how we were then moving our feet for clean water and sanitation and hygiene around the world and it was in right. that moment looking at those pastors they said you know, there are other pastors sitting in rooms just like this one, trying Mm -hmm. to make their communities better. And that is the power of what God is doing is he's taking us and aligning us with them so that our communities can get stronger. So their communities can get stronger so that like the kingdom can be right here on earth. It's just like everyday people, everyday people leaning in, following the call, Yeah, you know, it's, It is so powerful when you can kind of step back and see that beautiful mosaic.
1: Yes, it is. And, you know, the beauty of our Worker World Vision, it's not just global, it's Mm -hmm. local. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it uh, particularly in the past couple of years where we have, you know, partnered with food organizations to provide food in communities that aren't getting enough. Um, And also, um, you know, we have quality goods as well. And we're able to serve the communities in that way. So, you know, we're serving locally as well. And it's so good when we can talk to a pastor and invite them to partner with us globally, but also you can impact your local community in certain ways. So uh, that's the beauty of World Vision.
0: Yeah. And I think like you're saying, our um, World Vision US programs group yes. is like a hidden gem. It yes. is like <laughs> of World Vision. <laughs> like you're saying, right. just that, um, yeah, there are goods and um, available to local school teachers and yes. warehouses mm-hmm. and to, to um, churches that do relief work too. I'm thinking of right. like when Hurricane Harvey hit or other, yes. you know, major disasters, it's both supplying and supporting existing entities yes. in the United States in communities that are in need, but also when disasters strike, right. that lo and behold, World Vision's right there to help yes. the church, be the church. right. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And uh, that's
1: one thing that we're doing on the church team is we're really partnering um, on a wide scale with U.S. programs so that we can meet needs locally here in the community. And while we're meeting these needs, we can also look on a global level and meet the needs in communities around the world. So U.S. programs is our hidden gem. You are so right. (laughs)
0: they're incredible. And to see, yeah. like you said, the the mobilization over the last yeah. year mm-hmm. during the pandemic locally, you know, um, I think most folks, well, I shouldn't say this because we've got new folks moving their feet, you know, but a lot of us know that World Vision launched its largest global response yes. immediately following the announcement that COVID-19 was declared a, a pandemic. And we just went to work, but that was the first time ever in World Vision's history that our, the response included us. Right. Uh, right. And I just thought like, Oh my gosh! What is happening? How is this working? Yes. You see, last year our runners had a whole match day to support the local efforts and the global efforts in responding to COVID um, nineteen. That was incredibly encouraging as well.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah, I just i I didn't know how we were going to facilitate what we were going to do, how we were going to do it, make it work. But it's been really such a great process. Um, the pastors have been open and welcome, welcoming us. Um, you know, they've been able to impact thousands in their communities. And it's just so good to see. And it opens the conversation for more engagement um, just by simply help serving them, and, you know, helping to serve them right where they're at.
0: So 15 years with World Vision, what have been some of the I just have to keep on saying it because it's amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Oh, um,
1: I have to tell you some of the teams i worked on and some of the things I did. Yeah, let's hear it. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, um, we used to have a broadcast radio department where we did all of our radio thons. We would get on the radio. The DJs would get on the radio and they'd spend four hours, six hours talking about World Vision and raising money. And I worked in that department that set up those radio thons. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I wasn't on the radio though, but I, I did the behind the scenes setup. Um, well, they, were, they
0: missed out on your beautiful <laughs> voice. I don't know what, what the problem was there.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I worked for the VP of Operations, and um, she was one of her responsibilities with the Donor Contact Center. And I was able to be a recruiter there for several years, recruiting um, our donor contact staff. That was, I learned so much. I learned so much in DCS. Oh, my shout
0: out y'all. Everybody that's moving your feet right now and you call World Vision. If you have a question or you email World Vision with a question, these are our frontline folks that know it all. And if they don't know it, they'll find it out and they'll figure it out for you. We love our donor contact service people, but you need to know they love you. Like it really, it is amazing to see. Um, just all the, the, the wealth of information and their passion for making sure that we take really good care of our donors, of our sponsors and our people. Yes, they do.
1: I also, you know, did a six month synth at World Vision International. So I oh. saw a little bit of the other side of um, the business. World Vision International. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked there for a while and um, I prepared board papers. It was a lot. It was really intense, but it was good intense. And it was, um, I learned so much. I really did. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, and with that too, um, Just a little clarification with World Vision US, World Vision International, then there's World Vision, you know, like we're saying Peru or Uganda or Kenya. Uh, World Vision operates in nearly 100 countries around the world. And World Vision International is the hub that Mm -hmm. holds this affiliation or partnership together, this global partnership. So when Carol says she worked for WVI or World Vision International, it's World Vision US friends is a support office. Yes. We support the work that's happening in other countries around the world. We support mm-hmm. their vision. We fund their vision. So with World Vision International is this hub that helps all that happen. And when she says she worked hard, that is an underestimation. I would say under, you would be underestimating that <laughs> statement because, yeah, wow, the work that happens. Yes.
1: Very intense. Um, it's a lot of work. A lot of really serious meetings strategic meetings um just really you know and it was focused on the team I was I was in was the um, uh, children in ministry team um, so it was great great experience and I've done so, so many things at World Vision. um I was an account manager a supervisor <laughs> so I, I've had a lot of experience I've had um you know, the pleasure of working for a lot of teams and just being in different departments. And it's been a great learning experience. It really has.
0: of the big questions that you know runners get as they're moving their feet they're getting started they go out and they're they're asking for donations and support for clean water other places and people right. say oh well but well, well, what about here yeah. you know what about here and I'm curious Carol after 15 years I'm sure you've gotten that question from pastors from laity, <laughs> yes. from people all around block. you know when you get those types of questions you know and, and that are rarely well intended and very right. honest questions right. um, how do you respond to something like that
1: you know, I say to the pastor, the children, regardless of where they are, what country they are, what region they're in, they're all God's children. And yes, he, the children here in our community are very important. Likewise, those around the world. And, you know, then I share about US programs. We can help children everywhere. There's enough that we can do. God, We can't limit God. God, isn't, God cannot be limited. There's no ceiling on what he can do. Preach. We just have to be faithful. Mm-hmm. We just have to be faithful. And so, you know, I encourage them. A child is a child. Some mm. are experiencing dire situations in the most hardest places in the world. And some are, yes, they're having difficulty. But we, there's enough for everyone. And so I just encourage them to support God's children. Let's, let's, let's meet some needs on a global level and then let's talk about what we can do in our community.
0: And you were talking about, um, you know, the work that you've seen in Peru over the years. Um, It's pretty fun. You've been, uh, you know, been working with World Vision for 15 years. Team World Vision, this is its 16th year in existence. So I think like... We're starting our sixteenth year. You're starting into your sixteenth year. Like, look at that. Yes, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, go figure. So, but with that, Team Roll Vision started by just raising money for water, sanitation, and hygiene in Africa because that was, you know, the dire need, the most need concentrated for for wash is what we call it, right? Water, sanitation, hygiene was in Africa, Mm -hmm. but we have made such incredible progress over the last fifteen years that now. Team World Vision does not raise money just for Africa. It goes to wash, we say, global. Um, So those funds can go anywhere. Peru is one of those places, right? Um, And to be honest, we are really opening our doors to more stories of more great work happening in other places um, than just the continent of Africa. You know, like you said, there are more kids that need more help. So why would we dare limit what God wants to do? Could you tell us a little bit about Peru and What you've seen? Well,
1: uh, listen, the first time (laughs) I went to Peru was um, just before my 50th birthday. And I mentioned that because I was planning this big party and, you know, everyone's going to come together. I haven't had a party since my 25th. Everyone was going to come together and every, you know, we were going to wear certain colors. And um, so I was planning in the midst of planning when I was asked, can you take a trip to Peru. There's a church that visits on a regular basis and um, we'd like you to go with them. And so I said, um, what date? <laughs> that real was my talk, guys, day. real talk. I mean, really, mm-hmm. what date? Uh, okay. So um, I went out for a week and the first time I went, I just, I saw these mountains with square mm-hmm. boxes on them and i kept saying what is that what is and as we were getting closer they looked like windows and the more we got closer the more i realized these are houses like in the mountains up in the mountains and i was thinking how are we gonna get up there? (laughs) oh my goodness so we drove down this narrow road and we started to make our way up and we were climbing and climbing And we got up to a level spot and then we stopped. And I said, oh, my word, we're in the mountain and people living in the mountains. I was just it was it was just a lot because we we arrived at night. And so when we got up in the morning, that's the first that we saw of Peru. And um, we first got up there, there was very little electricity. I couldn't see any of the electricity poles. Um, Buildings were half finished, you know, roofs were off. There was obviously no glass windows, but just squares for windows. And I was amazed when I went to the community center. Now the community center was built with the assistance of a church in the U.S. Mm -hmm. They have a heart for the region and they're, 100% 100% all in supporting the region. And we went to the community center, met some of the staff and the people that serve there. And I just, everyone's smiling. I mean, we're in the mountains, we're, we're at an elevation. I don't know what the elevation is, but it was high. The homes are half finished. Oh, there was a lot of dogs and you know people around. Um, everyone was smiling. Very few of them could speak English, but Mm. you knew they were welcoming you. Mm. They were the most warm and welcoming people I have ever met. And, um, you know, we talked about just, you know, the status of the community and some of their, their goals and aspirations, some things that were done and then things that needed to be finished. And then we did a tour and looked around, went to the school, met the the principal. She told us some of the things the children are learning, but she also had some needs. You know, they, you know, they were short on books. Mm -hmm. They didn't have books. Um, They just needed teaching materials. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was my first trip to Peru. And it was an eye opener. It was one Mm -hmm. of those eye opening trips. I wanted to go back I wanted to see those people again and the kids and just you know just soak in what they're doing in the community three communities in Peru several months later we went back and I noticed every time I went back to Peru I noticed that there were small improvements electricity wi-fi worked The buildings were painted and looked nice. You know, things were coming along. People were beginning to understand, number one, we've got to keep ourselves healthy and clean. Because a lot of the people that lived in the mountains came down from the higher mountains. They were Quechua, is Mm -hmm. is what they were. And they came down to look for work and to look for food. Um, And some of them are still looking. But, you know, a lot of them didn't go to school didn't have education, but they had basic knowledge. So we walked alongside them, heard their needs, and then um, tried to, you know, work to meet their needs. So every time we went back, there were small improvements until they started talking English. Some of them were learning words in English, like, hello. And we could communicate. That's why I say that. We could communicate. Um, So I tried my hardest to learn some Spanish words, at least to greet them. Um, And so I could see the improvements. And that only happened because of the churches that were supporting them in the U.S. It's important for churches to know that they matter in these places, these countries that are devastated with poverty. Mm -hmm. We need the support of churches.
0: There's no bathrooms. That's real talk right there, y'all. There's no bathrooms. Let's yeah, let's let's just sit on that for a minute as you're moving your feet. I don't know what mile you're on. Yeah, in the mountains, there are no bathrooms. That's straight up real talk. No showers. Mm -hmm.
1: Nothing. And within five years, with well, vision's participation with the church, we were able to install. What they call dignified bathrooms. It wasn't, you know, tiled. It wasn't fantastic. It was, it was a latrine. It was a sink. Most importantly, it was running water in those mountain homes. Um, I've got a picture of, you know, us going up to the house. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> it matters when you're moving your feet. Mm -hmm. It matters when you're talking to that pastor or -hmm. those members or your friends and family to say, come on, let's start walking for water. Mm -hmm. It matters. It makes a difference. There's probably two to three hundred homes that now have dignified bathrooms. Some of those people, 40 years, they've never had a bathroom in 40 years. And they realize with more education and more conversations that that's not normal. And we need to help you so that you can stay clean and healthy and sanitized.
0: It's life. Altering, like it you're is. saying, these folks are g- incredible humans. They're good people. They are solid individuals. You right. know, it's just a lack of access to things. And I think it's beautiful, like you're saying, as the church, as everyday human beings, being mm-hmm. followers of Jesus, yes. just being good people.
1: Yes,
0: we can give agency and access to others so that they can live their lives. And right. then, what else can they be doing? in their own lives and for others, you know, and how that all just ripples out in such a beautiful, beautiful way. Right. And it gives them some type of pride and dignity
1: for their children. So Mm -hmm. they can, you know, they can say to their children, you know, go and have your wash. You can go and wash your hands. You know, they they weren't able to do that before, but they have pride that now their children do not have to go through what they went through as they're living in the mountains. It makes a difference. That 6K, that six, six, seven day 6K was rough. It was rough for me. <laughs> but the thing that kept me going was knowing that every single step, every pain in my leg, every out of breath moment meant that somebody was going to get water. Mm-hmm. That's what that meant. Mm-hmm. That's what kept me going. Mm-hmm. Just pushed me to get it
0: done. So what would you tell those folks in some hard miles right now, Carol? Like you said, those kids are getting water. These steps matter. Any other funny stories from your miles <laughs> out there or nuggets of, nuggets of love that you want to share with them?
1: You know, music is a big factor in my life. So I would make sure you have some type of music that you love, that you can play, and say, okay, I'm going to listen to this music. I'm going to push myself because there's a child waiting for me to complete this walk, to complete this run, so that they can get fresh drinking water and not have to drink that dirty water that I wouldn't wash my car with.
0: Mm.
1: They can get fresh drinking water once I've finished because somebody has said, yes, I'm going to walk. Just keep going. Push yourself. If you think you can't go any further, keep going. Keep going. If you think you can't do it, you can. Just keep going. And then you know what? Hey, Lord, I need you to give me that extra push. Mm -hmm. Surround me with those angels that are going to help me move my Mm -hmm. feet and walk this marathon, half half marathon, full marathon, 6K. Just keep on Going, it will be worth it in the end.
0: Yeah, I just think too the um, as you say that just the passion in your voice and guys, I wish you could see Carol's face, just the joy and the tenacity as she's she's cheering you on right now. You know, but um, those moments, like you're saying, when you when you take a step more than you ever thought you could, or you go farther than. You ever, you ever dreamt or you, you could, you know, and like I say, right. ever dreamt, then you just really, you, you have a capacity. You just think you can't. right um, I wonder, there's something in me when that, those moments happen that I wonder that bit of joy that we have in ourselves, that astonishment, that audacity, you know, yeah. that hope, if that's what these kids feel like when mm. they get that water, or that's what those mm-hmm. mothers feel like yes. when they don't have to fear their kids not coming back when they send them out to go get water in the morning. You know, is is it that same type of feeling that God might be connecting us, that it's like a possibility of hope, of wonder, you know? Yes. Wow. Yes. I believe it
1: is. I do. I believe it is. They know deep down that somebody is doing something that is going to change their life. And I'm sure they're saying, Lord, just give them the energy Give them the strength, help them to do what they have to do so that we can get some clean water and we don't have to walk that 6K and put ourselves in danger.
0: What would you say, you know, kind of as we close up our time today, has been maybe one of your biggest learnings, whether it be personal or, you know, spiritual or what might that be?
1: That World Vision, and it... I guess it's not a learning, it's just been such an encouragement to me that we are a Christian organization, we take our faith seriously, we pray before meetings, we have devotions every week, we gather as a, an organization for chapel. We're serious about that. and We cover and we bathe everything in prayer. We have prayers on Friday mornings at 8, we have devotions, and that has been the biggest encouragement, Mm. because I've never worked for a company or an organization where I can pray. Mm. (laughs) You know, I I haven't. Outside of church, I've not worked for an organization where I can come to a meeting and say, okay, before we start this meeting, let's pray. That is the biggest thing for me.
0: Yeah, it really is an incredible blessing that sometimes is easy to overlook. Right. After working with World Vision for so long that this isn't, the life that everyone gets to live. Right. Um, but what a blessing and an honor it is to get to do this work. And, and Carol, what, really what a blessing and honor it has been to, to know you for the seven to eight years that I have, to watch thank you, you. Oh. serve with such grace and love thank and you. passion. And um, we are thankful for you and your ministry, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And it's been such a joy getting to know you. It really. I remember you used to give me hugs every time you saw me in the hallway. <laughs> I was like, I like her. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is just, it's, it's a family. It really is a family, an extension of home from home when you're at work. We look at each other like that, and I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, family, you. as you move your feet today, know that you are not alone, but you are part of a big orange family, and we love you one day, one day, one day, one day, one day. Thanks for running with us this week. You've heard it before, but I will say it again, friends, you are part of something so special here. We hope that you understand the inner workings of world vision just a little bit more and we can put more meaning to those miles that you're logging and with that if you haven't listened to our 40th episode yet it's called how world vision works and don lee and i walk through a high level of how our ministry actually works you've got to check it out so don't forget next week may 22nd is the global 6k for water so if you're not signed up yet it is not too late and if you think Ugh, I am just not in shape for that y'all it's just under four miles and 6k. It's a great distance. This is a perfect way to help kids and families around the world while hanging out with our friends and family right here, moving our feet. So you can sign up at worldvision 6k.org. And next week's episode is going to be awesome. As we get to shine a special light on some of our 6k volunteers and leaders, and you're not going to want to miss it as always. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Have a great week.